Are you ready to turbocharge your financial IQ? Hey friends, my name is Murray Miller and I want to welcome you and your family to the Family Business Podcast where every episode is designed to keep you focused and on track to live a life free of financial stress, worry and fear. Would you like to know the exact powerful money strategies that not only our immediate family has implemented, but also our extended family of thousands and thousands of people around the world? Well, then let's get on with it and let's begin building a financial wall around your family. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back. This podcast uh, was recently um, released on the Everyday Saturday podcast with Sam Crowley, and I'm excited that we're doing this on a weekly basis now. The response and the reactions and uh, uh, the comments we're getting are very, very positive, and I know my audience loves it as well. So we're going to continue to post these here on the Family Business Podcast. This one, we're talking about building an unwavering belief and how to have you know a very very solid belief in what you're doing because let's face it the stronger your belief uh the stronger your influence and influences everything in today's marketplace so with that here's the interview that sam and i just recently posted good sam how are you today i'm doing well i'm doing well if we got murray on the line that must be we're talking about money money and uh mindset around all of that so last time we left off murray uh, I teed it up and I said, Hey, I want to talk about language and I want to talk about just having a fierce belief around what it is that you do, because we, we, uh, we don't hide the fact, look, Murray's in network marketing. He's made millions of dollars. He runs a successful team and tens of thousands of people all around the world. And there's a reason for that. And I always get a kick out because I always like to play devil's advocate with Murray. Oh, you're in a pyramid, Murray. Nobody ever makes money. I got to do it, draw circles on napkins and ambush my aunt and uncle at Thanksgiving dinner. And he, he always gets a kick out of that. And then he, Murray brings in uber successful people into his business. So when we were talking about it last, because look, here's the deal. If you're listening to this podcast, you're doing something. You have that entrepreneurial dream. You have a dream if you listen to this podcast. So you want to defend that dream. You want to be a fierce defend. Look, if you aren't defending your dream, who's going to do that? You know, And if you don't use the language and you don't feel like no one's ever going to knock me off this this mountain where I believe that I'm sitting on top of a gold mine or, or a belief system, then you got to have that. So Murray, let's pick up where we left off um, sure. on the last podcast. Why? I don't even know the right way to ask this question. So I'm just going to say it without any filters. How and why are you so confident in the business? And how can I, if regardless of, you know, XYZ business. So I'm an entrepreneur, but I haven't had the success that you've had. So how do I even develop a belief system and success language and such a strong mindset around something where I haven't even really had success? Well, it's, it's, it's not that hard. Um, it's actually, it's something that you can, you can build a blueprint around it and it can be a strategy to build your belief is um, the key to success in literally anything that you do, regardless of whether it's an entrepreneurial venture or not. But seriously, in an entrepreneurial venture, like a network marketing company, um, you have to have four legs on a solid table, all touching the ground that makes it very, very solid. And each one of those legs represents something. Like, for example, one leg could represent your deep belief. One leg could represent your knowledge. Knowledge is not power. 
knowledge is information. Knowing what to do with that information is literally the key to that success. So knowledge would be one of those legs. Commitment would be one of those legs. If you're not committed, people can smell that in an instant. If you're kind of dabbling, putting your toe in the water, trying to figure things out, people will be like, yeah, when you get sure of yourself, then that's when we can talk about this. And they may not say that, you know, in verbal sense, but they're thinking it. And that has to do with intent. And intent is, is part of the commitment. What is your intention long term? What is your goal? And people can see through it if you're just in it to make a quick buck and you're not really committed to it and you haven't really you got yourself involved in the product or service that, that the company offers then you're just a salesperson and people don't like salespeople for the most part. It usually is something that's a turnoff. They feel like they're going to be pushed into buying something they don't want. And I think the last leg on the table would be action. And action is really, that's the motion that just keeps you on track to do what you want to do. And, uh, you know, you started saying to me just a minute ago, I don't know how to word this question i'm just going to let it go without a filter that's you sam that's why you're successful because you are filterless when it comes to your interviews that's why your podcasts are so popular and i believe the quality of your questions when you're talking to someone it is what makes the the entire conversation change like when i'm talking to a successful business owner like we talked about on the last podcast this guy that's got a 30 million dollar business that he built from the ground up i'm not talking to him about uh, you know, uh, if he, if come, maybe I'm talking to him about what's his exit strategy. What are his passions? What does he love to do? And I'm finding out more about what that person is all about, what makes them tick. And then I try to find out whether or not they have a residual aspect um, of income in their portfolio, or if it's all about them, are they the person that just has to make it happen every day? Are they the ones that, you know, without them, if it's, if it's not the Sam show or the Murray show, it's not happening. And that sole practitioner, he will, or she will feel the pain of knowing that I can't do this without me. There's nothing else that's going to happen. So if I decide to take a month off and go, you know, whitewater rafting up in the mountains, what's going to happen to my business? Will it still be there when I get back? Will it be thriving? Will it be growing? Or are people just going to be sitting on their thumbs waiting to come back to, you know, place an order at, at Staples? That's, that, that's whether you have the leverage or not. So those are the things that give you that unshakable belief that four solid mahogany legs on the table that anyone can come along and kick one as hard as they want, but it's going to stay strong. And that is that that will develop that, you know, there's there's an unwritten language, right? There's just a posture that you feel from someone when you're when you're getting answers to a question or, you know, you're um, just listening to how they describe what it is that they do. And I think that's, uh, you know, what people look for. They look for someone that's real and someone that's somewhat raw, like what you're talking about, just, you know, no filter. And it's relevant to what they're looking for and it creates results. And that's the key to, uh, to having that belief and having that, that, that language that people can just feel comfortable knowing this is something that they would like to get involved with. Yeah, I love all of that. I love the four-legged mahogany legs that you could kick them as hard as you can and nothing's going to move them. Um, so if somebody is starting a business, let me just use this social media manager business as an example. I, I want to uh, develop, I want to run a business where I advertise Facebook ads for clients. So I've done it myself uh, to a limited degree of success, but I know how to do it. And I know one thing, 
business owners don't want anything to do with it. So they're really buying their time and I'm going to alleviate that. But in your business, somebody would say, oh, great. Mer, if I just started with you in Isogenics with network marketing and said, oh, well, how much money have you made, Sam? And I'd say, um, <laughs> none. Or if I was a social media manager, hey, how many, how many clients have, you know, do you have any video testimonials of clients? Um, not really, but I'm incredibly passionate. I'm authentic. I'm real. There's a little bit of that still uncertainty, Murray, on I got that mental block in my mind that in your business, if somebody works and joins your team and then they get that question, well, how much money have you made? How do you get them? And so we can also make this just not for network marketing. We can make it for anybody in any business that's just starting. How many widgets have you sold so far? Well, I haven't sold any. Well, then why would I want to do business with you? I love it. I can relate it back to when I first started in the financial services business. Um, I was young, I was you know, still in college and I, I started with a firm that wanted me to cold call people at night and talk to them about their finances and then make an appointment with them and go. And, and I kept thinking to myself, I'm 19 years old. I have no money. I am driving a beat up car. Who is gonna to wanna to take financial advice from me? And so I started, instead of following the path that they wanted me to follow, which was basically open up the, uh, the white pages, <laughs> showing our age back in the day. Yeah, right, right the white, white page. page. Yeah. Now that would be Google or whatever. Um, but open up, open up a book and start calling people one after the other. And I said, how about if I call the people that see me as someone that's becoming successful and want to follow that path? So people my own age or people in that age bracket that would want to follow what I do and become very, very committed to the process and do it myself. So I would invest in the things that I'm telling people that they should invest in. I went out, I got the education, I got the licenses. I did exactly that. And little by little, I started to attract people and get referrals. So it's just a matter of going into something, knowing, having the confidence that I am not going to try this. I'm going to do it until it works. So until is the key there. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to say this wasn't for me. I've already made the decision. I want to be in this powerful industry. And at, at the time for me, it was the financial services industry. Now I, I still love the financial services industry. And I, I love the network marketing business too, because I can pull people in that, that have that goal and have that dream. And they don't have the the, the, the capital or the resources or the know-how to do a traditional business, which has huge barriers of entry, but they have the desire and they have the need and they have the, uh, the, the, the true feeling of wanting to have leverage and help people in their lives to do the same thing. And then it can be accomplished. And of course, you know, success breeds success. So you want to hang around with the people that are the most successful. And if you can't do it in person, that's why I love podcasts. That's why I love, you know, going into trainings. I've, I've subscribed to more people's trainings, things that I probably know as good, if not better than some other people, just to, just to see if I can find another golden nugget, another aspect, another, another way of looking at something that makes sense. I think every coach, because coaching is big today, right, Sam? Everyone wants to be a coach or has aspirations of being a life coach or a financial coach or a, you know or a, a physical coach whatever it may be and they have to start somewhere before they can coach they have to have some success under their belt so that other people will say yeah i can follow this 
person. So it's not it's not any different in uh, you know traditional business than it is in network marketing. You have to set that solid foundation and get make that commitment, build that knowledge, that deep knowledge, have action every single day, and then just your belief will come with it. And with that, you know the strongest person with the strongest belief always walks away the conversation a winner, right? Yeah, exactly right. And I would add uh, one other item that, and that is expectations when you first get started. Mm, mm. So if you expect, well, look, that, that word can be used a lot of different ways. If you expect to have immediate success, well, look, you're just going to be let down. And that's not even a mature mindset anyway, when it comes to opening up a business and whether it's what you do, Murray, in network marketing, or what I do with online coaching, let's use your coaching example. If you're looking for coaching clients and you've been at this thing for three months and you still haven't landed your first client, then you should be attached to no outcome whatsoever. Let's say you got your first coaching client. It took you six months, but you made 10 grand. You know, would that be better than having six clients come in for a thousand dollars because your belief system was so low in the first six months? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the expectations and also expect to hear no a lot, you know, expect people and don't be emotionally attached to the word. No, it's like going through the drive through at McDonald's and, you know, the person asked, you want fries or that you say no. And they, curdle up in the fetal position because you don't want fries. I mean, it's not, and they start crying, you know, it's just those types of things. Again, it all comes back to the language and the way you speak, not only to other people, but the way you speak to your six, yourself, because if you're beating yourself up every day about the results that you think that you should have, that's going to come out in the language that you speak to other people, you know? So I can imagine when somebody joins your team, Murray, if they come out of the gate and like, Hey, I got involved in this thing, you know, Murray's my upline and I don't know much, you know, talk to Murray. You know, <laughs> I can't imagine number one, that you would ever attract that person in your business, but I also can't imagine that that's going to be the recipe for success. You know, well, pe people actually, you're absolutely right. It's not the recipe for success. People aren't going to follow someone who is not committed. Um, remember in anything in life, uh, people buy you first before they buy whatever it is that you're into whether that is, um, you know, business, politics, religion, any of those things, people buy you first, they buy into your authenticity, and then they go from there. And what you were describing with that person at McDonald's, that wasn't a personal rejection, because they didn't want fries, it was a refusal of service. And you have to be able to dif differentiate the two. And the same thing goes for business. When someone says no in business, it's just, it's, it's okay. It's part of what happens in business. It's not something that you should be concerned with, whether it's financial services or podcasting or having a guest on your show or, or network marketing. Those things are just part and parcel of what you're doing in order to build your business. It goes along with it. It's part of the journey that you have to go through. So um, yeah, I love that example of, uh, of McDonald's because it makes sense that people can be uh, told no when it comes to offering French fries or more coffee at a restaurant. No, I've had enough. As opposed to, you know, someone saying, no, I'm, I'm not really interested in the business or I'm not really interested in your financial services. Or I'm not really interested in being a guest on your podcast. Who cares? It doesn't matter in the long run. You just continue. On. <laughs> exactly. None of it matters. It's like if, if I asked to be on somebody's podcast and they said, no, OK, no. I mean, it might sting a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. But yeah, also the expect. <laughs> well, the expectations got to be in line. If I, if I asked Tony Robbins' assistant, uh, and by the way, I did ask Tony to come on my podcast. This was probably five years ago after I did a training for his coaches. And um, 
I think I missed it by about six months because he came out, I forget with whatever book it was. And it was like a huge New York times bestseller. And I mean, he was everywhere. He was everywhere to start with, but he had a real resurgence at the beginning of like 2010, 2011, really in there. And he went really big in social media. And so I reached out to uh, Mary Glorfield, who's a mutual friend of ours, Tony and myself. And she knows Tony, she worked with 19 years, calls him on the phone with him all the time and texting and Skype. And I said, Hey, Mary, you think uh, Tony would come on the podcast? And she was, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. So then I waited, and about six months later, in the meantime, this book comes out and everything is split. I said, hey, Mary, I saw her at an event. I was speaking at this event in L.A. or something, and I said, hey, Mary, do you think we can get Tony on Skype real quick and ask him to come on a podcast? And she just laughed. She goes, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I go, okay, well, <laughs> all righty then. You know, I, I was a little bit dejected because, obviously, I would have loved to have had him on, but then I was like, you know what? A, a, you waited, okay? You should have never waited. The door was open for you. And there's a real good story about when the door is open, you got to run right through that damn thing, you know, and not and not wait around because opportunities aren't always there, you know? And don't be emotionally attached to the outcome. So what does all of this have to do with money? Because we taught, well, you know what? There's a lot of facets to money and mindset is I would, I would believe, and I think Murray would concur, mindset is the biggest one of those. If you're going to talk about mahogany legs on a solid foundation, the mindset around that. And when we left off on the last podcast, I wanted Murray to talk more about how is he so steadfast in his belief? Okay, I get it. Uh, it's kind of a rhetorical question because he's made millions of dollars. But how can I be steadfast in my belief? if I haven't made millions of dollars. So, you know, you want to kind of wrap a bow around this, this part of it, Murray, to leave people thinking, okay, I haven't yes. started this business or I have started it, but I'm not at Murray, Murray Miller level. My gosh, I don't even know if I'll ever be there. How do I get Murray Miller level belief without having your success so far? Sam, you told a story on the last podcast we did about how, you were on a stage and you had 15 people in the room and you did your little spiel. And one of the people happened to be from a company that was major in putting people on stages and, and sharing their message. And that went from 15 people to you taking a trip from the United States all the way to Australia. And from there, and you sold on the stage and you made more money than you ever made in your life. And in, in, in less than an hour, you made, I think you said 25 grand. And then from there, they said, you got to do this again. Can you come back and go to LA for us? And you did it again. You made 125 grand in that same hour. You built your belief over time. You built yeah. on the confidence that it was going to continue to go in the right direction. And look at you now, without having Tony Robbins on your show, you're still 20 million downloads strong over the period of time that you've been doing this. That rejection probably set you in a path that you got even more determined to do the things that you wanted to do. And that's, that's what I suggest to people. Start with the expectation that you're going to do this for a long period of time. Most people get into it and they'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a month. I'll give it three yeah. months, maybe six. How about you give it five years? How long <laughs> I know, right? Take, yes. Right? How yes. long does it take to get a college degree? How long does it take to get, a, you, you know, to, to get a promotion in a, in a company? How, does, how long does it take to go up the ladder or become a partner in a law firm? It doesn't, it, it, you have to have that long-term attitude. Yours happened faster than you thought, but you had been preparing for that without even knowing it with the way that you left your corporate job and you were laughed at and ridiculed and you just continued 
to forge forward. Why? Because you had kids at home. You had a wife. You had a house to take care of. You were going to do whatever it took and you were going to be successful. And you just put your head down and you did it, Sam. And that's what you have to do in any venture, including in network marketing. It's, I mean, we've got all the tools. Anyone can do it. We've got amazing products. We've got all the tools. We've got all the social um, proof, all the platforms, literally tens of thousands of transformations physically and financially. All that's there. You just have to tap into it and make your mark. That's what you have to do. Yeah. And the long haul you know, the long haul, we're all willing to give a job 40 years, we're all willing to give, you know, a lot of college, you mentioned four years, if you're lucky, five is for most people or more. And we really don't question that. Because why? Because we're following the leader. And if you, if the leader doesn't know what he's doing, or she's doing, you're really going in the wrong direction. So um, anyway, Murray, I thought that was a really powerful uh, conversation. And it's real, like you said, a lot of, I find myself because Murray and I talk a lot offline as well. I find these conversations are just like you and I having a conversation, you know, mm -hmm. it's just happens to be a podcast. And I think I, I remember um, when I used to listen to uh, audios and things like that, the best ones were when I felt like I was kind of listening in almost, you know, voyeuristically like eavesdropping in on a conversation of, of a couple of people. And I think that's what makes our interviews so good is because it really is. This is how you and I talk every day. Yep. I totally you know? agree. I totally no agree. Filters. The only difference is you press the record button, right? <laughs> yeah, hit the record button. Um, so anyway, we've, we, I've had some people reach out. In the next interview I do with Murray, just I want to give people fair warning. Uh, we're going to be diving into Murray's business from the top to the bottom. I want to really interrogate Murray in the whole network marketing business that he has running. If you want to talk to Murray, you can, you can book a call at any time. Uh, just 100% transparency. Murray is in the building, is in the business of building uh, a really strong seven-figure team of successful entrepreneurs inside of Isagenix all around the world. So mm -hmm. just, I want to give everybody 100% transparency. When you book the call with Murray, he's going to give you great ideas and great tips, but he's also going to ask you to, if you have an interest in coming on board his team, just go to thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call, thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call. Talk to Murray. He's got a calendar. It might look pretty familiar. It's got a video with some dates there where you can book a call because it looks a lot like my calendar. And Murray's a great dude. You've heard him on the podcast now four or five times. If you have an interest in, in residual income, uh, go ahead. And, and you know what's funny is I've never actually had any kind of network marketers on here with interviews that I would ever promote their business. But Murray, he's, he's a friend first and he's a business associate second. And I think if you booked a call with Murray, you get a lot of value out of that. So once again, we'll give Murray uh, the uh, the domain thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call. So Murray, great job once again. Way to Murray, here's another thing, funny thing about Murray. He takes notes of our podcast. So I told Murray today what I wanted to talk about. I was like, well, the last podcast we were talking about language and you wanted to, I go, oh my God, thank God somebody's taking notes. So Murray, <laughs> thank you for being on top of your game today. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? And, and listen, Someone books a call with me. We're, we're, we're going to talk about what they want to talk about as well. I mean, I, I, I spend time finding out more about people, which is, a, which is allowing me to figure out, hey, is this a good fit? Are we going to be able to work together? Is this going to be a successful team? Um, more than it is like a, a pitch of, hey, you need to sign up now and blah, blah, blah. It's nothing like that. I've never yeah. done it that way and I never will do it that way because this is uh, this is not a transactional type of business where you, you make one transaction, you move on to the next one. This is a business of relationships 
and building belief and teams and, and having camaraderie and community. Those are very, very important to me. And, you know, another thing you mentioned, um, and, and I don't want to digress too much, but you did ask me, yeah. you know, Mark, yeah, sure. let, let's talk a little bit about money and um, how that can make you or break you from a happiness standpoint. Yeah. Is, yeah. I, is money yeah, happiness? Exactly. Yes. Right? You, you asked me that question. And the truth of the matter is money is, is not happiness. <laughs> it's far from happiness. Um, if money was happiness, then people that have lots of money wouldn't uh, hurt others or commit suicide. Like, you know, Robin Williams or John Belushi, these types of people that have, that had enormous resources, had enormous admiration for some reason, they had some demons inside them that had nothing to do with the money that they had, that had them take their own life. The ultimate thing that could be the worst thing that could happen to a person or, yeah. you know, uh, or something else. But uh, no, money doesn't equal happiness. Money is just a means to an end. And you can do a lot of good with money, depending on how you decide that that money is going to be utilized when you have it. If it's going to all be about you, then it's probably going to be hard to come by. And it, it might not be, but you probably won't be the happiest person on the planet. And I see people that, uh, you know, are very, very satisfied and happy with their lives with not a lot of money. So, you know, it's it's not about that. It's about what you want to do with it, Sam. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, 100%. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Because wherever your heart is, that's whatever controls your heart. That's what's going to show on the outside. So, you know, using it as a tool. Yeah, that's a great. And I did ask Murray about that offline. I said, hey, that's where we're talking about with the podcast topic. Because I said, hey, Murray, I just recorded a podcast a few days ago. Can money buy happiness? Let's talk about that. He goes, yeah, happy to. However, last time he said, let's talk about that. So I, I wanted Murray's thoughts because I, I said in my podcast, Murray, that once you get to a certain level, money doesn't buy happiness at all. And I and I said, I think people that are below the poverty line, if they can get themselves from, say, let's say the poverty line is 35 grand in the U.S., for example, with a family of two, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. let's say if they can get to 50, money buys you happiness because mm. now those bills are paid and the stress is gone. But anything over 50 grand a year, and I'm just using arbitrary numbers, but, but the point is once the bills are paid, you become happy. You become less stressed, less stressed out. Anxieties. I know because my mom was always stressed out. And when we got a little bit of money, she wasn't. I know when I was stressed out, I went bankrupt. When I got a little bit of money, I wasn't. But I didn't get any more happier by making 125 grand in an hour. I, I became happier when I went from 30 grand to 50 grand a year. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. It, it makes so much sense because so many people say, I'll be happy when dot, dot, dot. Yeah. You can be happy now, obviously, if your food and uh, and your shelter and your your basic needs are taken care of, and there's a little bit of money left over. Yeah, then you can you can start concentrating on things that are more important. That's why I always talk about residual income um, on my podcast because to me, residual income can create much more happiness. Why? Because it creates balance in your life, so that you can do things like spiritual things and family things that are more important. Than, than working for a living. That's why residual income to me is the ultimate key to having a lifestyle. So uh, yeah, I mean, happiness is, uh, is, is from within and it's certainly, uh, money is important, but it's not everything. No, it's not. And uh, I think those of us that have been broke and Murray and I have a very similar upbringing as well. So those of us that were, were not born with a silver spoon in our mouth, know, and those that were fortunate enough to earn income as well, that there's a level we became happier because not only were we happy that the bills, we knew that we were really happy 
that we thought that we were onto something big. Like I was really ecstatic, ecstatic when I discovered podcasting. I was like, you know what? I think I'm onto something here. And I knew I was going to make money with it. I didn't know how much money I was going to make, but it was never really, and it wasn't about the money. It was about the number, about the value I could bring using my voice. And I always thought the money would follow anyway. So I got excited about the money as a byproduct of the value that I brought. And the value I brought was a byproduct of the confidence I have with this platform called podcasting. So, um, yeah, man. So can it buy happiness? Yes. Can it buy joyfulness? No. And I think the difference is happiness is temporary. Uh, it's maybe for an hour, could be uh, six months. I mean, you could you could go have a great steak at a restaurant with your loved one and commit suicide at midnight that night. Happiness, mm -hmm. you could be happy with a steak dinner and not have true joyfulness. And joyfulness is a hard issue. So great stuff, man. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah. Wow. We went pretty deep. We might have to uh, go on that. And I know, so you can please make a note, Murray. Uh, Does money buy happiness part two, maybe? Because I think I love we, could it. Go, we could go even deeper on that because I'll forget I even mentioned that to you 10 minutes after I. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Sam. We can definitely get a little bit deeper on that without a doubt. All right. So uh, once again, check out Murray, thefamilybusiness.info. There's a link right there to book a call if you want to chat with the world famous Murray Miller from the Everyday Saturday <laughs> podcast. And Murray, uh, I will be in touch with you. All right, my man. I'm look, looking forward to that, Sam. All right, Harry, everybody, have the best day ever. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join our growing family and begin implementing the success principles to building a financial wall around your family, you can go to thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call and you can schedule a call with us because we have saved a spot at the table for you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and the people that you care about. And we would love it if you would take a second to give us a five-star review to help future family members just like you find us. I leave you with this. In life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you believe, plan, and expect. Let's do this.